Today's podcast is presented to you by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And also, if you... Uh, do go and sign up then you know make sure you tell them you heard about it through us in the uh application thanks Welcome to All Cats Are Gray in the Dark. I'm your host, April Simmons. This podcast contains true cases of graphic violent crimes and other stories of a dark nature. Please be advised that due to the subject matter and violent, sometimes sexual content and obscene language, this podcast is not for children or the faint of heart. All right, let's do this today. I don't want to. 2021 has already disappointed me. Yes, we're both in quarantine right now. Not sure if we have COVID, but we've been exposed. So, um, yeah, things are not great right now. My husband has it, and he is is quarantined by himself, and I miss him, and it's only day three. It's hard. You are typing really, really fast. Yes, Um, I did want to mention this weird little bit of kismet. I was throwing together some last-minute quotes and stuff to add on to the story. Um, and I was telling the mother of Jessica Hamby, who's the missing person from this case that we're going to talk about today, and she mentioned to me that tomorrow's the anniversary of her disappearing. And I did not realize that when I decided to do that case this week. And the, the episode is going to be released tomorrow, which is the anniversary. actual. It's one of those weird things, yeah, where it just kind of happened that way. Kind of like that one time where me and my ex went to the, the back when you could actually go. We went to Southern Video to rent a, rent a movie. We ended up renting La Bamba and the Buddy Holly story and got home, started the movie, and realized it was the anniversary of you know, their death. The day the music died. Yes, yes, it was. And that was like one of the freakiest things ever because we did not realize it was that date until we started the movie. Um, we're like, what? That's crazy. Um, so this, I feel like that there's you, some, if you don't believe in that sort of thing, fine, but I'm just a little bit um, encouraged by it i feel like it maybe it's a sign that we can do some good by covering this case uh and that's how i'm going to take it um we have a lot to cover so i guess we need to jump in um and i have some quotes from some variety people after we get through the main stuff from the case uh so hang in there. We're, it's probably going to be a long one. We'll try to get through it as much, as quickly as possible, but be and be respectful as possible because we know that some of the family and friends are going to be listening to this. Jessica Hamby was last seen on January third, twenty eighteen. She and another woman were in a detox program at Lakeland Community Hospital in Haleyville, Alabama. When on January second, they left after a disagreement with someone there. Her friend dropped her off at a residence on Elgin Cochran Road in Hackleburg, Alabama. That it was her boy. I think it was her boyfriend's place. It doesn't specify, but I think, I'm pretty certain that's where it was. She spent at least part of the night there. Three witnesses, uh, the boyfriend and some friends, reported there was some kind of argument shortly after 6 a.m. And Ham- Hamby left the house to watch the sunrise and never returned. That's the story we've got. The temperature that morning was only six degrees, and she was not wearing a coat when she left the house. In fact, I've got um, 
a quote further down that I'll probably just omit that says that she just had a garbage bag of clothes and that they were all summer clothes. So she only had summer clothes and I believe she was wearing flip-flops and no coat in six-degree weather. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. No, it's not good. Her last phone communications that morning were a text to the boyfriend while she was on his property that morning at 7.51. She sent him a text that said, hey, they ain't going to shoot me for walking. And supposedly he doesn't know what that means. Um, And she called his phone twice at 7.53. Authorities stated the people who last saw Hamby have given inconsistent statements about the events leading up to her disappearance and they have no evidence that she ever left that house on Elgin and Cochrane Road. Multiple search warrants have been ex- executed in her case and the people that were there have been given polygraphs but no one has ever been charged. Hamby left behind three children who lived with her parents in Russellville. Her parents stated that she was a good mother. She put the children in their care while she got treatment for her drug problem and visited them regularly. So say what you will about her, you know, having a drug problem or whatever, but she made sure her kids were taken care of. The circumstances of her disappearance are unclear. Um, And I've got a quote from the father from an article that says, it's very hard to know your child is in a hole in a ditch in concrete. And that's been the hardest part explains Keith Hamby. has no question his daughter is dead, but he presses on the search in hopes of finding her body, giving her a proper burial. Her babies don't have a grave site to go to. They do, they do know she is not coming back. They really miss her, as I do, remarks Hamby. Jessica has been missing for, well, as of tomorrow, three years. Now raising her three children, Hamby says he knows who is responsible. Karma will come around and slap them in the face really hard. It is strong circumstantial evidence, but why not take it to the grand jury? The people of Marion County need to stand up and call the district attorney's office, says Hamby. Hamby says his daughter's last known location through cell phone data was the property on Elgin Cochran Road. Hamby questions why the owner was never brought in for a sworn statement. When we spoke with the man earlier this year, he claimed to have not seen Jessica. Two people can connected to the case failed lie detector tests according to an investigator it is a common thing in northwest alabama for people to go missing end up dead and not heard from says hamby he says the state needs to form a special task force focusing on the missing he says when the state investigator are working on jessica's case died suddenly the investigation went on the back burner we've got people out here working on it privately says hamby he calls the past few years a roller coaster ride from hell never going to be closure it's always in your mind your heart that you've lost this person that you love um so what do you think about it so far we've got more detail that we're going to cover but i just how how did this how It's so scary to think of things like this in general. We know that shit gets mishandled sometimes or, you know, circumstantially. Like, I know that exists, but this is so close to home. Someone so young. um, And for it to be so odd, the people that saw her gave inconsistent stuff, bad lie detector tests. People saying they didn't see her and they did, like, what the hell? Like, this just, this sounds like a group of people covering some shit up. But, like, so part of me is like, so, it's if something happened to her, right, like, maybe she relapsed. I, obviously, these are this is all speculation, right? Maybe she relapsed. Maybe something happened to her. I, I know that happens, too. That you go too hard when you've relapsed, uh, uh, you know, when you've recovered and, and go too hard, that kind of thing. But why wouldn't they come forward with that? It just feels like it had to be foul play because even if it were something like an overdose or an accident, why wouldn't they just come forward with that? You know? Yeah. 
And and I mean, or okay, so she went out, you know, without a jacket, flip flops. You know, she could have gotten hurt. Uh, I don't know what this property is like. It's Alabama. There's probably a lot of hills and rocks. That's my guess. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining, right? <clears throat> I mean, something could have happened to her, something legitimately. But why wouldn't they have found her by now? You know, um, those are the things that really stand out to me. There's a lot of things that just don't add up. And then even, uh, well, even we're if, gonna get we're gonna get further information uh, and uh, um, and probably completely change your mind on who you think did it. Yeah. Um, there's more suspects as we go along. We're going to throw those out there, but we're not going to name people for the most part. Um, I got a quote from someone anonymous from Facebook that said that the boyfriend killed her. Her body is still on the property, and the only reason Marion County refuses to do anything is because the boyfriend's dad has money and something over on someone high up in office. If the feds would do their job, we could get the answers. Um, I'm not going to, obviously the boyfriend's going to be a suspect, but I'm not going right. to state whether he's guilty or innocent because I don't know that. Right. Um, so this, this is just a, an anonymous person sent us this, that tip. So take that with a grain of salt. That's just some anonymous, anonymous person saying that. Um, so we're not stating that that's the case, but that's what a lot of the general, I've noticed that a lot of the general public believes that, that, that it's the boyfriend regardless. Right. Well, I mean, that tends to be everybody's, I mean, really that, I mean, the significant other is almost always the first suspect and the main yeah. suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's another quote, anonymous quote I was sent. I didn't know Jessica or her boyfriend, but from the get-go, I've always heard she's inside the concrete in the new bridge in North Fork. I've told her mom the same thing, but the only way to find out is to tear the bridge down, and we know, all know that isn't going to happen. And I think this is more of a case, no offense to who sent me this, um, but I think it's another case like what I talked about in our Leochi episode because it's our local case and everybody locally thinks she's inside some concrete of whatever was in of several different places that were under construction during yeah, that time the mall, the high school yeah. yes an apartment building down the road that was under construction uh they were putting in a new um oh what do you call it the ditch the uh ditch with the, the call is it a culvert or no i don't yeah, know what like a ditch that has concrete in it basically yeah um so that's a rumor that goes around our hometown for the same thing. And I have to feel like this is a similar thing. If it was under construction at that time, then of course some people are going to theorize that, that maybe she's there, whether she is or not. Right. So I feel like take that with a grain of salt. Cause a lot of these cases have something like that. that is goes there around technology? Uh, this is, this is slightly off topic, but not, but is there not technology where you could like do kind of like a seismic thing to see, there's a hole in a concrete or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's ho there's a uh, ground penetrating radar that you could do, but I've heard that getting somebody out with those equipments can be costly. Um, and also, I guess with a bridge, it's more complicated because of the right. way a bridge is constructed. I don't know if that would work through that or not. Yeah. But, um, and then I've got a, a quote uh, or a long quote from her sister. Uh, she wrote me and says, growing up, we were super close. She was the more outspoken one. I was the quiet one until I turned about 11 or so. Then our parents had two mouthy kids. Jessie was always more, a bit more rebellious and sneaky while I was always pretty upfront about how I felt and what I did. She was always a mama's girl and me a daddy's girl. Jessie was always the one with an openly tender heart. She was too trusting, which obviously was a blessing and a curse. Once she hit around 12 or 13, she really rebelled and moved in with mom. She had her oldest son when she was 15. But for her to be so young, she was truly a good mom. Then came her daughter and her youngest son. She worked hard, had a cute little apartment for a while. She was doing really well. 
She started hanging out with some really shitty people not too long after her youngest was born. I think that's when the drugs started, but it wasn't so bad you could tell, honestly. I didn't know for a long time. She was always a sweet girl with an attitude, but she wasn't really a fighter. She was super free-spirited. At some point, the kids went to my dad for custody before she ever went missing. She kept a relationship with them, but was in and out due to the drugs and lifestyle. She stayed pretty close to mom. The last two years she was around, I had pretty much cut her out of my life because I couldn't stand the way she was. I knew she could be and do better. When we would talk, it would turn into an argument. She wasn't allowed at my house. Dad was doing his best to do the same for the kids' sake, but mom was always her go-to. But with all that said, as much as I hated the person she was, she's my sister. I love her so much, and it kills me knowing she isn't here. She has missed so much in everyone's lives. Her kids are so grown now, and ha I had another baby. Underneath the addiction and lifestyle, she was a good person. She cared about people, some more than she should have. When she was herself, she was bubbly and fun, spontaneous. It doesn't seem like it's almost three years, but at the same time, it has been a lifetime. And that's from Jessica's sister, Shana. Um, so she wanted to share that with everyone to know that she wanted people to know that despite the drugs and the addiction problem, she was at heart a good person. Yeah. And I really feel like that's an important thing to do when you're covering a case like this because a lot of people are just like, you know, she's on drugs. She deserves what happens to her because you get into that lifestyle knowing the dangers, you know. Um, but I feel like nobody deserves yeah. addiction is a disease it's a problem um, and I don't fault her for that I, I she's still a human being and deserves justice for whatever happened to her yeah. that, that's my honest truth and that's a lot of um, I don't know the cops on this case so I can't stay, state how they feel but a lot of there are a lot of cases out there that cops have just ignored because they're just like, you know, she was on drugs, I don't care. You know, she might have just left on her own or whatever, but we're not going to waste valuable resources looking for somebody like that. Yeah. And it's sad. It's really sad. Um, like I said, I'm not saying that that's what's happened in this case. I do not know. But also, you have to realize that this is a very rural area. The cops really aren't equipped for stuff like this yeah. they don't they're not used to getting these cases um and there's a ton of them in this area they're they're probably overwhelmed um so i do want to put that out there that i'm not blaming the police entirely you know yeah i mean um, at that point you think that there would be people assigned to that area if you had an influx i know that you're building a map and working on a lot of these cases there's too many to be ignored in that one small area, you know? Yes, it is. And see, like I said before, I think I stated this before, you know, my ex's family is from that area. Like, so I'm vaguely familiar with the area, and I know that this is like, you know, I, I explained this, you know, our town that we live in basically is Tupelo, and then there's outlying smaller towns that are, surrounding this area and it's kind of basically the same amount of distance between us you know where we live to other smaller towns outside of our area um so if you think of it on that level it's it's surprising and none of these are really large towns it's just small to medium sized towns in in that area but it's kind of that same thing where there's a lot of stuff happening in that whole Hackleburg, Hamilton, Russellville area. Um, and I want to help them. Like I said, I'm not the best investigator, but I want to get the word out here on, on these cases to help. Maybe somebody else will pick it up and investigate it or cover it on another podcast or something like that so that we can get these names out there get justice for all of these cases because I would like to see all of them solved yeah okay we're going to try our best here I've got, I've got information from the next little 
bit of information is all coming from uh, Michael Fleming, who's the owner and lead investigator for Echo 7 Fox Rock Private Investigations in Prattville. And he's also got his own podcast called Secrets True Crime. Um, and I told him I'd give a, sh a shout out on all of that because he helped me tremendously and a great deal, sent me a whole lot of information, like more than I had ever thought anyone would have. Because I couldn't find much on like just news sites. Basically what I gave, gave you at the beginning of the episode is just about all there is out there via the news. Um, so I, I really have to straight up thank him because without him we would have been a probably 20 minute episode. Which some people might have rejoiced at but you know. Um, but we're going to try to leave out some names. I'm sorry about that but I don't want to people thinking that we're accusing certain people of certain things and stuff and yeah. don't want to don't want to end up with a defamation lawsuit so we're going to try and, and messing too hard with an ongoing investigation isn't going to help anybody yeah so here's what we have according to what we already knew she left detox with some friends she traveled to a friend's trailer which was the residence on Elgin Cochran Road. And it was in between that and the bridge that was under construction. Um, which we're going to be talking about that because that bridge was also where another body was found. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was so later down the road, we're going to be talking about that bridge again. Um, there she met up with some other friends and the boyfriend. They hung out there. Uh, oh wait, no, this is not the boyfriend's house. I'm sorry, I, I messed it up. Uh, they went to a friend's trailer. And then another friend, they hung out there for about 30 minutes. And then another friend drove her, or drove them to the boyfriend's house. Um, and when they woke up the next morning, she was gone and the boyfriend had a text from her saying they ain't gonna shoot me for walking which is I mean that's kind of ominous isn't it what was she even referring to uh, yeah so it's possible that she struck out on her own walking and something happened to her there we don't know yeah. there could be another suspect that's completely unrelated that we don't know about somebody that just happened to see her walking in the middle of the night, yeah. you know. Um, and he says that Jessica didn't sleep that night; she was up all night based on her cell phone and Facebook activity. The friends left after they dropped her off at the boyfriend's house, confirmed by cell phone records. Jessica continued to exchange text messages with friend that had dropped her off that night there were some laws here and there but Jessica was very active on Facebook from the time she left the detox in Haleyville until about 3 a.m. her Facebook conversations bounced around topic wise she sent messages trying to get her debit cards and other personal items that she previously left at someone's house when she cleaned it for them she tried to get in touch with a man named blank we're not going to say it to talk about Jeremy Abbott. Jeremy Abbott is another, another missing person case. Um, she had a conversation with Blank's mother in the night and eventually got a message from him. 0658 on January 3rd is when he messaged her. It was not a pleasant conversation. It started with him saying, you need to keep my name out of your mouth. Her other messages until about 3 a.m. indicate she was trying to make some money and score some heroin. Her focus changed at 3.11 a.m. and remained set on one thing after that. She was desperately trying to find a ride to Red Bay, Alabama to her plug, which is a term meaning her drug dealer. A man that went by the Facebook screen name Blankety Blank, we're going to call him that. It's a fake name anyway, but we still don't want to point to the real person.
person. Somebody might could go look them up based on their Facebook name. So, blankety blank actually start started messaging her before her father added minutes to her prepaid phone, and she turned it on around around 9 p.m. on January 2nd when she turned it on. Blankety blank was one of the first people she met. It's really hard not to say these names. I swear, y'all, y'all don't even know. I'm like, I want to read out, out the actual names. <clears throat> so if I mess up, doing a better job. I'm I'm pretty sure that's why I'm not reading. <laughs> Simply because I'd screw this up, and you know it. It's hard when you see those names out there on the screen and you don't say them. It's it's yeah. hard. So he was the first person she messaged, but they didn't really engage in a conversation until 3:11, when he told her he was in Red Bay sleeping on the couch and needed a ride. And here's some of that text conversation. In Bay, man, I got put on couch tonight. I need a ride's out here for real, for real. Boy, it's hard to follow that. The the slang and the text combo stuff is kind of hard to follow because it's just, yeah, slang and, tar, you know, abbreviations for shit. Yeah. Let me make some calls. Can you get any boy? And boy apparently is slang for cracker heroin. I know it's from Jessica. Yeah. Um, and he said, if so, I can borrow a car. I thought that would, that's oh, Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, if, she said, if so, I can borrow a car. Um, and he says, I can get nowhere morphine tabs are waiting. She said, let me get a car. I got you, boo. Can you help with gas for the way back and maybe throw the girls, throw a girl some boy? Um, and he said, yes, gas, but if not, boy, strips and other, or just cash. You know this will be a win situation for whoever comes. Going on a big run, half pee, but don't tell no one. And she said, I got you. And he said, you about to win a spot on the starting team. And she said, I, you, really? And he said, pull this off and watch if you get a promotion. So... Obviously, she was not sticking with the program. She was trying to get drugs that night. Yeah. And that that makes it extra sad, I guess. But that also kind of puts the drug dealer on the list of suspects because, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it looks like she was potentially getting involved with, a, like, a drug pickup or drug deal or something. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's something that could go really fucking wrong really quickly. Um. Yeah. I'm interested in this other person um, that got really mad too. Yeah. The keep keep my name out of your mouth person. Yeah. Yes, that would be another suspect right there, because obviously it's somehow related to the Jeremy Abbott case. Yeah. Um. From there on, Jessica's message to other people were completely focused on getting a ride to Red Bay in exchange for gash, cash, and drugs, which he was willing to provide if she got there. So, the PI says, I think it's important for people to understand this part of the story because Jessica was not at a sweet little post-detox slumber party. The others that were at the boyfriend's house claim they all went to sleep at around midnight or so. But Jessica clearly was not asleep. Most of Jessica's friends that she tried to pop proposition for a ride with the offer of gas, cash, and drugs turned her down. The tone of those refusals indicate that they knew Jessica well and were frankly tired of using them to, of her using them to feed her habit. One friend that did shut her down was a guy. I'm, I'm not going to name him. I almost did. Was a guy. <laughs> we're going to call another blankety blank. This blankety blank. They started talking around one around 120. And the conversation was random back and forth till, until 4.20, the actual time, not a joke, when Jessica told him, I need either a ride or a car. He told her he had a car for sale. She asked how much, and he told her 2000 She would later tell the drug dealer that she had found a car, but it was 2 k She asked the other guy about making payments, and he said, no, I'm 
payments. I'm in dire need. I got kicked out, etc. Oh, no, that's never mind. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's her. Uh, it's Jessica saying, you know, payments. I'm in dire need and got kicked out, etc. My mom and her husband beating on me kicked out me out two days before Christmas. Um, which I know her mother is going to listen to this, and this is I'm just I'm reading what these text messages say. I'm not making any accusations on whether that actually happened or not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just want y'all to know that I'm trying to be objective here about everybody involved in this case, good or bad. You know? Yeah. Um, and she said, can you drive me somewhere like in an hour? Your tank will be full. A few more goodies. If, you, if you're still sober, I wouldn't put it in front of you, though. Um, and he said, yeah, I'm with my buddy, and we will do it. She dropped him a map pen to her boyfriend's house after that. And then the conversation turns random again. And when, then when she wouldn't hear from him, she would ask if he was on the way. She insisted, though, that he arrived right after sunrise, right at sunrise. He said he never left Muscle Shoals where he was that night and never really intended to go pick Jessica up. Cell phone data seems to confirm that as there is no record of the phone coming into the area. No, you said his name. Oh, sh- I guess we'll have to cut that out. Yeah. Where, where are we at time-wise? 29.55. Okay, I'm going to make note of that. Somewhere. I have to bleep that out. Sorry, guys. Um, there's no record of his phone coming into the area. Her last message to him was at 7.54. And he replied at 7.59 asking if the drug dealer was her man. She never answered. And the ain't gonna shoot me for walking message was sent to the boyfriend at 7.51 and then she tried to call him again after that um so all of that was going on at the same time yeah that's crazy um and the private investigator wants us to know not all the evidence is out there, and there are several grassy knolls that still need to be looked at. There are others out there that saw Jessica that night, talked to her, and interacted with her. They hold the pieces of the puzzle, and it's time for them to come forward and let it go. No matter what their fear or reason for staying quiet, it doesn't trump murder or the hell her family has endured for not having answers. They need to get that off their chest. If you don't want to talk to law enforcement, call my tip line at 205-282-0740. We'll include that in the show notes, too, to make it easier for y'all to find. So, if you need to contact him, you can call that number. Um, And also, I wanted to state, you know, the Jeremy Abbott case, uh, there's a rumor. I can't confirm or deny this. Like, I, I just know that there's a rumor that... Jessica is the one who tipped off law enforcement to the where Jeremy Abbott's body was. So, and I believe that is still an unsolved case as well. It is on my list, but I haven't dove into that one yet, so I can't tell you all the details of it. Just that it was a suspicious death that was in the beginning of missing persons. Um, and basically, I'll let you read the message from her mother, I guess, because it's a really long one, and I just talked for a long time. <laughs> the, it starts with, I guess, really, as Jessica's mom. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I guess, as really, as Jessica's mom, I really just want to let people know that me and her father, or the rest of us, are going to give up on finding her I'm assuming that's never going to give up. Yeah, or never going to give up on finding her. We want justice. We want her home. She has three children that are lost because they think mommy had just left them. And they're so confused because they know she never knew. She would never she do would, that. She would never do that. Um, Jessie is more than a drug addict or mom with an addiction. She was a loving, kind mother. She was a good daughter. She had a wonderful personality. She could light up a room. 
she was just a great person to be around. You know, she was. She had a very tender heart. She would give you the shirt off her back, but you know that there was addiction. But the addiction has nothing to do with her disappearing. Her disappearing has to do with people that decided to take a life into their hands and do what they did with it. And not only did they take her, but they took our lives. They took her children's lives. They took so many things away from us. They even took away from the opportunity to kiss her one more time, um, just to touch her one more time. You know, and people need to realize also the rumors that they were spreading that I hear they play like a movie in my head at night when I try to rest. And that's a living hell because I can just play it over in my mind, all these rumors and just ask myself so many questions. Did you cry out if you knew where it was coming with a quick, or did they know she was in a lot of pain? Did she cry for me and her dad, her children? Did she fight back all these things? Um, the main thing is I want her found. I want her back. I want closure for her children, for her sister, for her father, for myself, for her friends. Everyone loved Jessica. And I won't say for that everyone you know that has shown kindness. And I have to um, just fell in love with Jesse. I just want to tell you guys thank you because we will not forget about Jesse. We will not stop. Hold on, I'm scrolling. We will have just. I just completely got rid of it. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Um, we will not stop. We will have justice for Jesse. And there's so much more that I could say, but that will come late, later. Jesse is more than a drug addict or a mom with an addiction. She was a loving, kind mother. Um, she was a good daughter. She had a wonderful personality. Uh, some of this looks repeated. look like it. I may have copy pasted it by accident twice or something because it was through Messenger and I just copied it. Okay, here um, it is. I found I found the all right. We will have justice for Jesse and there's so much more that I could say but that will come later and just know also there's a five thousand dollar reward still out there for anyone that can give us her location. Just tell us where our baby is so we can get her home. If you have any information please please reach out. Uh, she was my little girl. She's my baby girl, but she was my best friend. She was my ride or die. She was my confidence. She was my strength. Uh, so many different things. And not only that to me, but to other people too. And just please um, know she had an addiction. Don't stereotype her. If you didn't know her, ask. She was wonderful. She was a wonderful person, a wonderful mom. Her children were her greatest accomplishment in her life. And they're. Mommy to them was their hero because that's all they had was mommy there. Uh, and no mommy and daddy. It was just mommy. Just y'all, if you know anything, help us get our Jesse home. I love you infinity times infinity because that's all there is, Jessica. And we're not going to stop. Oh, I can't see past your name. <laughs> um. That's all there is, Jessica, and we're not going to stop, baby girl. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. And that was from Jessica's mom. Um, and that's that's really hard to read. I only kind of skimmed through it ahead of time because she it was sent like you know she sent it to me last minute, but I um and that's partially my fault. I should have reached out to her sooner. I posted on the group and she commented, but we never got back with each other about it so um that's partially my bad that she didn't yeah. have it to the last minute so i barely skimmed through it and it's i choked up on a few of those things yeah the fact that what she said about um laying in bed at night and replaying rumors and things rumors people and, said yeah and, and it's that's horrifying to me that's absolutely horrifying um choked me up a little bit there um, and I know you as a mother probably that's kind of a hard thing to read too thinking yeah. of that in terms of how you would feel if something like that happened to your baby yeah you know? I yeah I try not uh, sometimes I mean even as a mom even when you haven't actually dealt with this like Jessica's family is sometimes I go to those dark places like what the fuck would I do if anything ever happened to her like 
you know, if she's at the mall with friends and she doesn't answer her cell phone on the first time I call her, you know, I'm like, I'm texting her like, you better freaking answer. I'm going to come up there. I'm going to come up to that mall. I'm going to have you page answer, answer your phone, you know, um, that that's the kind of, I, it doesn't take me much to freak out. You know, uh, she's I'll old agree. enough. Obviously she's old enough to be out and about on her own. She has a cell phone. She knows all the rules. But it doesn't keep me from freaking out. You know, she goes to yeah. the, to a park with her friends. I'm going to call her and be like, you need to check in like every 30 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you think of. It doesn't take but one missed phone call and it freaks me out. So I can only imagine, you know, going on three years without any kind of info uh, or any kind of fucking idea. I mean, this is so open-ended. There's so many possible ways this could have been an accident. This could have been a bad drug deal. It could have been her being a witness to, to you know, another murder. Uh, you know, like, we don't, there's so many ways this could have been. It could have just been, you know, bad drugs. You know, like I said, so many different ways there could be an accident. And that's one thing that always drives me crazy in, like, movies, right? When, when when it's a true accident and people freak out and try to cover it up anyway. But the thing is that happens like and the torture that this family is going through over something that could have just been an accident where people happen to be fucked up on drugs or something, you know, like who gives a shit? Give this fucking family closure, you know? Um, it, it just, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like, you know, and I think one of the things the sister said was she started hanging out with some shitty people. Yeah. I, I hope that it wasn't something horrible that happened to her. Um, you know, obviously that's what everybody would want, that, that maybe this was just a, an accident and she's out there. But um, I think there's too many things at this point pointing it to foul play. Um and it's just, it's fucking awful. I don't know. I just went on the whole tangent. I'm sorry. But it's just, I, I can't, I can't imagine. I mean, honestly, you know, Justin's sister, um, with with their situation, and it sounds awful, obviously, the family, her being murdered in itself is obviously, there's nothing to be thankful for. But the one thing in the situation is that the guy confessed. Um, they have them. There's no questions. It's not open-ended. They have their answers. And obviously losing a child in that situation to murder is the worst thing that could happen. But having this where you just have no fucking idea, that's even, you know, that's just shit on top of shit and people don't deserve it. I don't know. I'm getting angry. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, there's so many unsolved cases like this that, that they just, it's not, I don't know. I don't have the words. I think you get what well, I'm saying, though. Yeah, I do. Um, and that's kind of what appealed to my heart, I guess you could say, is all of these families that, you know, are not getting help for these cases in that area. Um. I just, I felt really bad for them. Yeah. Like, it, and some of them, there may not be enough information for us to really do much with, but we're going to try to get their names out there anyway, because I just feel like somebody needs to help these people. Yeah. Um, and that really appealed to my nature, because I, not it's not just a matter of me being interested in cases, because there are some of these that are not what I would consider interesting. But it's the fact that I can do something and help, and that, to me, is appealing. Yeah. Anything. I, I mean, like, I don't know, the fact that she was, you know, it sounds like they were near some sort of highway. Maybe she hitchhiked, like you said. What if she happened upon a random shitty situation? Even that anybody with information like I saw a hitchhiker that day or you know anything <laughs> anything would be helpful at this point yes and I'm going to tell you this is what's on all her information 
like her description and stuff in case somebody spots her somewhere. She's a Caucasian female with brown hair, hazel eyes. She may be wearing sunglasses. Her ears are pierced. She may use the last name Garrett. She has multiple tattoos, including the following. The word hope on the inside of her right wrist. The word bodiqua on the outside of her wrist. A dark angel with the words carpe diem on the inside of her right forearm. A baby rattle and the name Kisley. Or it might be Kylie. That might be a typo, but that's how it was spelled on the article. Kisley. So that I don't know if that's one of her child's names. or Maybe Kisley. Yeah, I don't know. On a banner on the inside of her left forearm. The word forever on her left hand between her thumb and forefinger. Flowers with the word gypsy soul and the date 10-21-16 on her upper right arm and shoulder. A Cheshire cat on her right bicep. And a cupcake with a skull and crossbones on her right ankle. Um, if you have any information, if you might have saw something, heard something, um, whatever, please contact somebody. Um, the Marion County Sheriff's Office is 205-921-2101 or uh, Jeff Means, who is the main private investigator, not the one that gave us the info, but the main private investigator on this case. You can call him at you can call him at 256-508-0047. We will also include that in the info um, for anybody that wants to contact them. Um, that's all we have for now, but we may come back to this case while we're, um, we're going to just sprinkle these Alabama cases in from here, here and there, and we may come back to touch on this case some other time if we get more information in, more evidence comes out, somebody gets arrested. We'll, we'll try to keep y'all updated, and I'm still mapping and researching all of these cases when I have the spare time. So... I will keep y'all updated on Jessica, and we may even do an interview episode with some of her family or friends, or maybe even the private investigator um, at a later date. So I don't want y'all to think this is a one and done, and we're just we're putting this case out there and throwing it in the garbage after we do it. We are going to keep y'all updated and possibly do more about it later. Um, anything else you want to add about this case? No, I'm just mad. Yeah. So, I'm going to have all those phone numbers in the info if anybody wants to send information. Anyway, um, I'm going to suggest Southern Gone, which is another podcast that actually did an episode on Jessica. Although I was told that they got some things wrong on that. So I, I can't go, I can't specify what was wrong with it or if there was really anything wrong with it, but that's what I was told. Um, and then the podcast for uh, Michael Fleming, the one who gave us a lot of that the te- cell phone information and stuff, um, was his podcast is Secrets True Crime. I don't think he has an episode on Jessica, at least not yet. I didn't see one when I looked it up, but it's possible. So, I just messed up. Or you messed up. I don't know. Somebody messed up. Um, Did you have any other recommends this week? No, I don't. I've pretty much just been on the couch. it was my one week off for like the whole year and I had an ear infection. I don't recommend that. Can I not recommend swimmers ear infection Um, or COVID honestly with my family. So um, I watched the new season of Sabrina or the final season. Yeah. We haven't finished it. No spoilers. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, you know, I pretty much, I stopped watching it earlier once everybody else woke up because I'm I've, I'm having to get up with the animals right now, which is something I've, um, you know, never done. I never get up, and I've actually been waking up before my alarm because my husband can't even be around the animals, um, which has <laughs> extra depressed him. If you knew, if you knew him, you'd understand. Those are his babies. 
Um, but I'm having to get up, let them go potty, feed them all, give my cat his diabetic shot. Um, and so nobody else is up usually for hours. So I was just watching more episodes of Sabrina and I stopped because I started seeing people moving in the kitchen. And when I stopped and, you know, I stopped and played some cyberpunk for a while and I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to go lay on the couch and finish you know, watch some more Sabrina. Well, apparently I stopped with like 20 fucking minutes left in the whole show. And so that's, I think that's right. I had just finished it when you messaged me. I was like, I need a nap now. Cause I really thought I was going to have a good hour to sit on the couch at least, <laughs> you know, I was like, and now I'm mad cause the show's over and I'm just laying here. Um, so I curled up into a ball, put a pillow on my head and then passed out. Cause I don't have a bedroom right now. So my husband's quarantined by himself. Um, we at least put his computer in there. So he's playing video games. We've got like an um, Ethernet cable running from our office into his room or our, into our room. Um, so he's just kind of in there by himself. And I'm sleeping in the rec room, but that's also like Camille and Jacob's living room throughout the day. So like once I get up, I'm banished from there and just trying to have to hang out on the couch all day. So. Yeah, just, to, yeah, don't get COVID or ear infections and be banished from your own bedroom. It's been, it's been a, yeah, 2020 can suck it, 2021 better fucking get better. I mean, I guess there's nothing to do but go up from here, right? Hopefully, geez. Uh, yeah, my um, husband's dad is in the hospital with COVID now, and he's disabled, so we don't. It's very nerve-wracking because they are not, the hospital's not keeping us informed. I get that they're busy. The healthcare workers have to be slammed, but his mother is going crazy, at, star crazy at home, not hearing anything about how he's doing and stuff, and it's just, I don't think I could handle that myself. If, if James was in the hospital and nobody would tell me, I'd probably go to jail for trying to break in the hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it's just crazy right now. So, everybody take care of yourselves, please. And I guess now, if you're not interested in the list portion, the alternate endings portion of the program, then you're safe to shut it off now because we're done with that part. Ta-da! Okay, here we are. This, this week's list is candy bars. Because we did candy bar before, but we disqualified candy bars from being Yeah, we had to make a whole list of just candy bars. I'm trying to get more cheerful, but this episode has just depressed me. So maybe if I think about candy bars, I'll feel a little bit better. Yes, that's kind of the point of doing this whole segment. I know, I know. It's hard, man, it's hard. I just, I'm not looking forward to the day you throw something with kids at me. <laughs> then I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't remember who started last time. I can do it. Uh, mine's pretty simple. I don't have very many honorable mentions. Yeah, this time, same. So. I mean, so how, gonna, how in depth can we really go about candy bars? I mean, if anybody can, it's going to be us. But Yeah, yeah. If anybody can, it's us. I will give you a 30-minute dissertation on Butterfingers. Um, <laughs> Number one, Butterfinger. Imagine that. Um, number two, Reese's Cups. Or any kind of Reese's, really. Just, I mean, yeah. on. Three, Three Musketeers. Oh, I always forget about that. I love taking Three Musketeers and cracking all the outside chocolate and pulling the chocolate off in little chunks. And then eating just the nougat <laughs> in like a big cloudy mush. Somebody just needs to sell tubs of nougat. Yeah. I would probably eat that crap. Yeah. And, and that's why good. I have diabetes. No, I'm kidding. That's really not how, why I have diabetes. Number four, that's payday. I'm going to. Yeah. Number four is payday. Number five, I went a little bit fancier with the Toblerone. Oh, shit. I, I love about the Toblerone. Yeah, I, I love me. I'm still... I still feel really stupid finding out we've been breaking it wrong all this time. I know, right? I tried it the other way and I still sucked at it though, so. <laughs> uh, 
It's just not made well, okay? It doesn't make sense. Just let me okay. bite off the beautiful triangles. And my honorable mentions are Caramello, Milky Way, and the school candy bars that you had to sell. Oh, shit. Yeah, especially those caramel ones. My God, those things were good. I don't know what they put in them, but they seem like they're better than any store-bought chocolate. Yeah. It's got that crack in it. I know. It it has to. I'm telling you. Okay, it's your turn. That's all I got. Alright, so number five is Almond Joy. I love Almond Joy. Um, really, okay, to start, start, I'm not really gonna, like, say no to any candy bar. Yeah. Like, unless it's minty, um, and even then, I love York peppermint patties. <laughs> so, even then, like, I usually don't like chocolate and mint, but for the most part, it's like, unless it's, like, cinnamon-flavored or mint and chocolate, I'm gonna eat it. Dark chocolate, whatever. Um, number four is Butterfinger. I actually like Butterfinger Bites the best. Not Butterfinger Minis, not Butterfinger uh, Snack Size, but like they're called Butterfinger Bites. They're usually at the movie theater. Um, Those are actually my favorite. Um, But I just love them. And actually, on top of all this, I usually prefer King Size of all of it. So there's a difference, guys. There's a difference. It's a different ratio. Um... (laughs) So, again, going into too much depth about candy bars, like I said. Um, number three is a zero bar. I've loved them my whole life. Um, they're not, I'm kind of shocked to still find them. Like, there's just not enough people that you, like, see eating a zero bar. And there's never, like, a Halloween candy bag of zero bars. They're just always on the shelf for forever and nobody talks about them. But I love them. Um, number two is like anything Reese's, um, preferably the, the shapes for the holidays, like the trees, not the mini ones, but the like six pack ones or the ones you can buy one singular one at a gas station or a two pack at a gas station, like the big trees and the hearts and the pumpkins and the eggs. Those are the best. Um, and this is kind of cheating, but number one is Nutrageous, which is still Reese's. Um, but it is a specific candy bar, and it is my favorite. I'm going to choose Nutrageous over any of the others, uh, other varieties of Reese's. Um, not an Outrageous, those blaspheming bullshits with the mini Reese's pieces in them. That's too much. That's like an overload. That really is like diabetes in a candy bar. But Nutrageous has a great ratio of the nuts and the caramel and the Reese's peanut butter. And again, king size is better. And the chocolate, and it's wonderful. Um, my honorable mentions are Payday and Hershey's Almonds. And, and of course, like you just said, the, the, the chocolate bars from school. I Actually, I would eat the caramel ones too, but my favorites were the ones with almonds. Really, any cho- chocolate with almonds or nuts in it is my jam. Almond Joy, I mean, all of those had nutty things in chocolate. And I really want candy bars now. I actually, I actually stress bought a bunch of trash from Instacart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fixing to do that too. Yeah, I bought a giant family sized bag of peanut M and M's to microwave, and I bought a giant bag of York peppermint patties because they didn't have like I have this specific bag of Christmas candy I normally buy for all our stockings, and they didn't have it this year. Um, it usually has Reese's trees and York snowflakes and Hershey Santas, and what's the other one? Is there another? That might be the three things, but um, they, they're they all themed, and I couldn't find them this year, and I was really bummed not to eat a bunch of York at Christmas, so I just bought myself a whole dang bag and bought, like, rainbow chip cookies and <laughs> beef jerky and pepperoncini kettle chips. I don't know. I just bought everything possible. Mountain Dew, Wild Cherry Pepsi. Let me get really unhealthy for my family potentially having COVID. So. Yeah. No, Happy we <laughs> We've been eating nothing but crap. And we had like little Caesar's pizza. And just, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so on top of all this bullshit, right? And one of the reasons I said 2021 can suck it already is they like, okay. So my husband tested positive on New Year's Eve. Eve? 
No, New Year's Eve. It was actually New Year's Eve. Yeah. So, um, so the very next day, yesterday, our refrigerator died. So we can't have anyone come to our house for quarantine. We can't go anywhere. Um, so I literally had just ordered like $300 worth of groceries on Instacart to set, to have us set up for like being quarantined. And then the refrigerator dies. Like I bought a roast, um, you know, spinach and artichoke, like all kinds of shit, gallons of milk, um, and everything was starting to go bad. So I ordered another Instacart order that was pretty much just eight bags of ice and some soda. And so I've got three coolers with everything. And right now we're eating out of everything out of the freezer so I can unplug the fridge. Like the freezer's still working, but the fridge isn't. So we're eating everything we can out of the freezer so I can unplug it. And maybe we can just defrost it. We're hoping it's something just frozen up. But um, it's just, I mean, obviously my husband's feeling okay. Really, it's more important, obviously, that we're healthy and alive and, you know, living prosperously. Right. But sometimes you're just like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> anyway, there's me being sad again. Now I'm angry for a different reason. I'm just going to stay angry until my husband gets out of quarantine. <laughs> oh, anyway, I hope y'all out there are staying safe and not getting oh. the COVID. Oh my god, we got seven seconds. We need to end it. Okay. Till next time, everybody. Bye.